0: Hi, and welcome to Apple Jam, a place where my friend Neil McCutcheon and myself, Bernardo Morales, discuss Beatles and Beatle-related records. These conversations are hosted in Clubhouse, where we meet every two weeks to discuss an album. We'd like to invite you to join the Apple Jam Club in Clubhouse and to follow us on Instagram. Now, without any further ado, here is the episode.
1: All right, it's great to be here again with you, Bernardo, after a long
0: break. Yeah, it was a very long, long break. What happened in the summer, Neil?
1: <laughs> well, loads of things. But what something that happened is I got married.
0: I know, that's yeah. the big news. Congratulations. That was
1: the big news. And I'm planning to emigrate to Canada. And everybody keeps saying, oh, are you, you know, are you with your wife in Canada? I am for these two weeks, but I can't live or work legally in Canada. So I've got to go through all the paperwork. You can't mm-hmm. just go... You know it's not that simple, but i'm I'm working on it.
0: that's great. congratulations.
1: Thank you very much I guess How you'll was your be, summer
0: I guess you'll be able to get interesting Canadian beetle pressings
1: <laughs> um will I um perhaps I got a feeling they're less fanatical about <laughs>
0: vinyl and stuff over
1: here. I might be wrong. There's some good shops in Toronto,
0: yeah. Um, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I
1: did get my Magical Mystery Tour uh, from Canada.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's really good. That's one of the best pressings, for sure. My summer was mm-hmm. good. Um, went to Poland and um, then went to the beach in Barcelona. So it was pretty uneventful, but very relaxing. Cool. That's great. So we've come
1: back and um, we said we were going to do the last side of the Love album, but we don't think we're going to have time to do that today. So what we're going to do today is work our way through um, bits and pieces of the Yellow Submarine song track, the 1999 release. We're going to talk about that. And at the end, because we missed Paul's 80th, we're going to select three post-Beatle Paul McCartney tracks that we really love. Great.
0: So, yes, yeah, so let's talk about Yellow Sub- Submarine soundtrack. Um, did you get that album when it first came out? Well, um, I did get
1: the uh, initial Yellow Submarine album. I think it was the last one I got. I remember buying it on a cassette from a friend at school. Remember cassettes? Mm. And being really disappointed with it at the time. like I didn't really see any merit in it at all. and I felt like I'd wasted five pounds. And when the song track came out, you know, I don't think I was aware that they were remixes. So the song track was released in uh, 1999, I think to coincide with the DVD of the film. Mm -hmm. And at that point, yeah, I just got back from overseas and I kind of didn't have any money. And I don't think I was aware that, you know, they'd been remixed, I mean, fairly... Not radically, but in a way that you definitely notice. And so I I didn't get it for a few years. I don't even know when I got this. I've I've got the CD. I think I probably got it after I got the Love album, because I liked that so much. I thought, wow, what what else is out there? So that was after
0: 2004 then? I think so.
1: Yeah, I think I got this about 2006, something like that.
0: Right. I've, I don't remember exactly where, I don't remember when I got it. It must have been um, like early 2000s. Um, I wasn't a Beatles expert at the time or anything near, not that I am an expert now, but I didn't really know the Beatles catalog very well. So I didn't know there was a different version of Yellow Submarine when I got that one. Um, right. And then, so yeah, so I got that, uh, the, the blue one and, and I thought it sounded great. Like I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very nice compilation. Uh, and then I watched the movie, and, and and I really enjoyed the movie, and and I, d- I didn't really know there was a different version. Actually, then when I got the 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 normal version, um, um, I was a little bit disappointed that it was only half the songs.
1: That's right, yeah, it is. And then the George Martin stuff, although it's good, it's um, it's kind of not what you bought it for.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't have any of the kind of great Beatles songs that you would expect from a Beatle album, especially considering no. that they had just released the White Album when they released that. So I'm, I'm sure at the time it must have felt like a bit of a downer.
1: Yeah, I think so. And um, you've got no history sort of with the film then, like you didn't see it when you were a kid or anything like that?
0: Not really. Um, I saw it um, once I started getting into the music. In fact, I think I saw Magical Mystery Tour, before I saw um, Yellow Submarine, okay. which is strange. And
1: the film, I, I know they had little involvement with the film and everything, but it really is a, a triumph of its kind, isn't it? It's this kind of psychedelic triumph. I, I didn't, I didn't see the film when I was
0: a teenager, but it's really good. Yeah, I find very funny the kind of overacted Liverpool accents in the film. <laughs> yeah, you can hear that,
1: huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they kind of. They got the tone right, they, I don't even know who those actors are, but they they had a good go at doing it.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. But it was it was it's the kind of kind of cartoonish Liverpool accent that everybody uses when they imitate a Beatle accent. So it's, it's kind of funny. <laughs>
1: yeah, right.
2: It's a blue meanie. It's a newer and bluer meanie. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, so that's funny.
1: Yeah, and 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 so. This um, this remix, um, well, the first thing we should say is that if you don't know it, if anybody listening doesn't know it, it's the one with the blue background. It just says it says Yellow Submarine song track on the front or down the side. And it was done by Peter Cobbin um, who did a lot of work in the 80s and um, was employed by EMI, was the director of engineering at EMI and apparently he now works on film scores like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and Star Wars so he was he was given the the, the catalogue of, of songs uh, for this album which has all the songs on it apart from Day in the Life, all the ones that are in the film and told to remix it but he wasn't allowed to do what Giles Martin has done and basically have Free reign, so he had to stay very close to the spirit of the originals. I'm imagining that's not just the volumes but the EQs and the balance of the sound.
0: Yeah, I was told that the briefing was very different. Um, Mm -hmm. because I think Giles Martin, um, did get a lot, did get carte blanche to do what he wanted, um, and he couldn't yeah but
1: if anyone is not if you're a beatles fan and if you're not aware of this like uh, like i wasn't and you think this is just a version you know of yellow submarine with the same old same old it's not the mixes are um what are we gonna say they're fresh they're spread over the stereo spectrum they sound really modern. And in some cases, they're the best mixes that you can get of these songs. And if you put on headphones, you are really going to hear the difference right from the
0: beginning. Definitely. It's actually one of my favorite mixes of any Beatle record. Um, mm. I know I know what I'm saying is very controversial. We've talked about this before. Um, like, are people supposed to be playing with Beatle music at this stage? In with the Holy opinion, the yeah. holy writ. Yeah, in my opinion, as long as it sounds better, I think it's fine. I mean, I I love the Giles Martin mixes. Um, And in some cases, I prefer them to to the original mixes. They just sound more modern. I listen to most of my music with headphones as well. So um, that kind of hard panning um, that they used in the 60s is is, is quite uncomfortable when you're listening to music with headphones. Yeah, well, one of
1: the the things about this album is that the vocals have been um, centred um, so you know, it's very modern in that way. The drums have been centered. You know, it's all these things that engineers do now, as a matter of course. Um, whereas in the 60s, the mixes were rather adventurous, and you'd have you know, uh, percussion over on one side, drums on one side, and so on. So for the first time here, you're hearing the Beatles as they might have sounded had they been a 90s band. But nothing's been interfered with. It. It's not like with the Love album where you get other tracks overlapping. There's no overlap. It's
0: just different
1: mixes. Yeah, Just um, different mixes.
0: Interestingly, they didn't do that kind of work, especially the stereo thing, with the 1987 releases of the songs, which I thought would have been the perfect moment to fix that.
1: Oh, they um, didn't dare. I think at that point you couldn't remix anything. No.
0: But they did add a lot of digital um, reverb to help and, and rubber Soul, um, which is why people generally don't like those mixes of, of those albums in on, on CD. So I think if, I mean, instead of doing that, if they had fixed the stereo, I think it would have been, they would have sounded better. But then you would have had the purists complaining about the fact that they didn't sound as the Beatles intended. Yeah. yeah. But something to argue is that the Beatles never intended to, to be released in stereo, especially the earlier albums. Th- those albums were That's intended right. to be listened to in mono. That's
1: right. I just love the story that they, uh, John and George, I think it was, stayed around for the mono mix of Sgt. Pepper. And then, you know, they went off and had their tea or something, so they didn't give a damn. So they, the engineers stayed and did the stereo mix, which is the one that we all know and love. Yeah, and i don't know how much time they spent on it i mean it's a lovely mix but uh you know the beatles had had left the building
0: yeah so maybe it would have been better if they'd released help and rubber soul in mono instead of stereo Mm. and revolver yeah Yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna
1: um we're gonna go and just walk through some of the tracks and my friend bill has arrived so yeah bill welcome if you wanna if you wanna say anything about any of these tracks then you can. We're just going to do them in a random order, aren't we? Bernard? We're not. Yeah. Do track, track, um, and uh, often talking about the mixes, but also about how the songs affected us and things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. So where do you want to start?
1: Well, because Revolver's been re-released this month, um, I'm going to start with something off that not yellow submarine. I'm going to start with, uh, something I know we talked about this before, but I love you too. Um, we talked about this a little bit, um, when we did the revolver episode, but the remix of this is, is just fantastic. So there's a, there's a heavy guitar drone, a heavy fuzz guitar drone that, that it's, it's only original, but it's hard to hear. And then, um, on the new mix, they've got the vocal spread in stereo. they've got some percussion spread in stereo, and then they then they add these kind of uh buzz guitar sounds, fuzz guitar. and at the end, I think it's from about two thirty six They're really present, so it kind of sounds like an indie band, you know a bit like rain or something like that. I just think it's a brilliant mix.
0: yeah, I think compared to the one on Revolver again. Um, it's, it's it's a great mix. Um, I think this is the way to listen to this song, Hand down.
1: Exactly. I just the only thing is, I, I guess it's a bit sad that the sitar musician is uncredited, so we we never know. We don't really know who that guy was, but it wasn't George. Is that
0: the same with the inner light? Or do we Possibly. know who the sitar play is?
1: Possibly, yeah. Because the sitar playing is really accomplished, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. And I think in those days, nowadays you'd credit the musicians, wouldn't you?
0: Well, you'd credit oh, yeah. the guy to, who, who'd bring the tea. <laughs> <Let alone laughs> yeah, the musicians, exactly. yeah.
1: So anyway, that's, I just think that's a lovely uh, mix. Uh, Yellow Submarine is really good too. I like uh, with Yellow Submarine. I think it, you
0: know it's crystal clear. We'll, we'll get the, back to Yellow Submarine, um, but I'm just gonna play yeah. a little bit of that um, from two. Okay. you said two minutes thirty-five, right? Two thirty-six. Yeah, till okay. the end. Okay, I'll, I'll just play that. You're right it sounds great.
1: Yeah, so if you've got headphones you can hear the that really, you know, because that was the era before you'd have that kind of drone guitar. Yeah,
0: it's brilliant. But um it, we're, we're going to talk about Yellow Submarine. Um it sounds I think again yeah. better because of the stereo them fixing the stereo um issue. Oh, absolutely, and um,
1: the the kind of all the sound effects are in stereo, Mm -hmm. so they're all over that um, spectrum. And the vocals one of the things about this album is the vocals are kind of I don't know they're arranged like a kind of choir, so they're really fronted, but they're spread in stereo as well. So this is a much more satisfying. version of Yellow Submarine. And we we're talking, of course, on the day that Yellow Submarine, um, the first take, uh, was released today. John yeah. acoustic version.
0: I know. And very yeah. interestingly, um, I always thought that was 100% a Paul song. Because there was that story that he had dreamt about it. And and, and, and I thought he'd written the whole tune. But it turns out that um, John wrote the, at least the tune of the verses.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. And the um, it's very kind of sad
1: and kind of i don't know what would you say plaintiff or something it's uh it it, it, it it's not the sort of childhood sing along that we that we know and love now yeah <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll play a bit I of actually, it
1: okay go ahead okay one second In the place where i was born no one cares no Wow, wow, so no, no, no one cares.
0: cares. Yeah, so it's a very sad song. Instead of um, what as you said, what we remember.
1: Yeah, this was actually the first Beatles song, almost certainly that I heard. It could have been Penny Lane, or it could have been this, but I remember my my dad played me this, and I just loved all those you know voices coming in. Um, later on, I got to think of it as being a bit of a dirge, like it, the kind of track I would skip. But as a kid, I loved
0: it. Yeah, I actually recently got the Real Love single that was released in the 90s along with the anthology. Yeah. Um, I got it because there is that great version of Here, There and Everywhere. Um, like that, uh, I think it's Take 7. Um, but it's got another, an alternative take of Yellow Submarine um, with all the sound effects a little bit louder. Um, and, and that's one that I highly recommend if you can get a hold of it. Okay. Um, I w- I might... I might I think I've got that. I'd have to go and dig it out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's, a, um, it's, it's a really good version of, um, of, of this song. Apparently in this version as well, we get the line, A Life of Ease, which is the first time that it's included in a stereo mix.
1: Uh, OK, yeah. nice line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Um, and I don't know if you know this. That's what,
1: I mean, He was. that's when he was having his life of ease, wasn't he? In, <laughs> yeah. and, in, in, in Weybridge and all that. I wonder if it comes from the same kind of uh, place as as Nowhere Man.
0: I don't know. No idea, actually. No. As I said, I I thought this was a a, um, a Paul song. Uh, I didn't know yeah. it was a John song. Even John said that it was a Paul song. I'm sure he said it in an interview. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that it just goes to show that the memories get overwritten by time, right. don't they? Yeah. Or he passed on the blame to Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I another thing I love about this song is it's such a um it's such a brave song to release. Um like you have a rock and roll band writing a, a, a children's song and releasing I it. I wonder a, if that's as a first. Single, as is that a single. As a single. I don't know yeah, if it's a first. As
1: a single, yeah. Mm, it must be a first, right? I mean there were I think there were things in the sixties like Judy in disguise.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um if you know that. So there, there were kind of Songs that were a little bit like nursery rhymes, but I don't think I can't think of anything before this that uh, by a rock and roll band, you're right. Yeah, yeah,
2: so. and,
1: th- and that started a trend, you know, because the late 60s, especially in Britain, was so much about uh, kind of nursery rhyme songs, and uh, I mean, and, and then even people in America started copying that. So there was really, I mean, 60s psychedelia was partly a return to childhood for the Brits, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Sid Barrett and all that. You know, it's the beginning of all
0: that. Yeah, very interesting, and uh, yeah, and and I think it's a great song. I know a lot of people dismiss it now, but um, but but I kind of like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I do skip it, but I think on this 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 version, well, it's the first track on the album, so you're gonna play it, right? Mm -hmm. And it sounds great. Another great track um, which we won't have talked about before is um, the second track, Hey Bulldog,
0: right? Yeah, we haven't talked that about it before. Is, we haven't
1: talked about it before because it wasn't on any of the albums that we've,
0: that we've covered. Mm-hmm.
1: So I think this is the first time that we're talking about Hey Bulldog. But I think that this is, this is just a fantastic mix of a fantastic song I know it's a throwaway song in a way. Uh, John Lennon said it was kind of meaningless well, it, and so on, it but was. it's just, you have, they're just having such fun on this track. I think because it was a throwaway and they weren't taking it that seriously, it's a great riff. Um, the guitar sound, but it's kind of a revolverish, chiming guitar sound. I mean, it's just fantastic. And the mix on Yellow Submarine. Uh, the, uh, on the song track album, they, they put the drums right central. The drums sound amazing, a real whomp on that. And all the uh, vocals are kind of uh, panned into fake stereo on the chorus. It's just a triumph. It's yeah, a triumph. It's,
0: it's second to none, I think, that mix. Um, it's, interestingly, that song was recorded while they were recording the video for Lady Madonna. And that's the reason why they recorded that song. Um, so instead of lip-syncing Lady Madonna, they recorded Hey Bulldog.
1: That's right. Yeah, and, the, and and uh so they and then they, they took that film and then they, they plastered it on a, a Lady Madonna video. Yeah. So but... the Lady Madonna video is pretty bad. But the Hey Bulldog video, which came out at
0: the same time as this album in nineteen ninety nine, um it looks better, right? It looks great, yeah. I think yeah. um it, it came out because of this album. Um and, and it's really, really good. Um, and I read somewhere it must have been revolution in the head—that um, this is the kind of last song Lennon McCartney, whether we're getting on before Yoko, um, uh, okay. and, and the things started going down the hill after recording "Hey Bulldog." Okay, yeah, because it is one of the last
1: times you hear them having schoolboy fun, you know, yeah. all that laughing and what do you mean? I only have ten children and all that, and then this makes all of that spread over the stereo spectrum as well. So it's 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 that beetle you know cackling that you don't really get again.
0: Yeah, but if you listen to the version from the from the original Yellow Submarine, it doesn't sound as good in my opinion. I don't think the bass sounds as punchy, and and it's got the the panning thing again. So so this one I feel sounds much better.
1: Yeah, uh, your reviewer on YouTube said that he, the bass lacked attack here, but I don't think it lacks attack at all. I mean, yeah, it's really, it's, I thought it's that was really very strange. Picked out. Yeah, maybe he's thinking of the original mix. And this, I tell you what, if there was a kid who came to me and said, I don't know the Beatles, and he wanted to play something that sounded you know, very modern, uh, it would be between this and Rain for me. Like I, I say, you don't know the Beatles? Okay, check this out. Um, partly because it's a sort of deep cut and people don't know it. Um, yeah,
0: that thing about the, the bass was also mentioned. I don't know if you've ever read the Steve Hoffman forum where they kind of discuss different versions of songs and stuff of the Beatles. I, had, I highly recommend it if you haven't come across it. Um, oh, I don't know that. Yeah, like if, if, if you want to learn about different versions, there, it's, it's a big forum and lots of people um, write about uh, all the different kinds of versions there are. And, and again, someone wrote that the, the bass guitar sounds dead and the vocals are missing the ADT. Okay. Um, but I like, I, I like the bass. I much prefer the, the bass in this version as opposed to, to the original
1: yeah, it's just it's just um, a great mix. Just a great mix. Yeah.
0: Again, horses for courses.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Next track. By
1: the way, I don't even mm. know why this they didn't even release this as a B side. So it didn't I anyway, mean, it just came out as an afterthought on Yellow Submarine in nineteen sixty nine, at the beginning of sixty nine. I mean, so the Beatles were so good they were they had a song like this and they just thought yeah. Doesn't yeah, we'll, we'll just stick to it visit. in this album that
0: is not going to sell anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because at least the other one that kind of reminds me of, the, of that vibe is Baby, You're a Richmond. I feel like it has a similar vibe to Hey Bulldog for some reason.
1: Well, yeah, because it's funky. I mean, we talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. when we did Magical Mystery Tour, but this is the clearest mix of the clearest recording of the Beatles ever did and funkiest. Right. So if you listen to "Baby, You're a Rich Man" on this album, it's gonna blow your socks off, right? Baby, 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 it's an absolute joy, and because they were recording in a different studio, you, you knew you know where it is, don't you?
0: Um, I can't remember. Um, where was it? Was it Olympic Studio? I can't remember. They
1: went. They
0: went somewhere else
1: just to try it out. And, you know, there's every little, you know, there's the little hand claps and there's the little kind of percussive things that they're rattling. And every little percussive pop is here. All the sounds are here, forward in the mix. It's just fantastic. I mean, th- this is one of the best Beatles uh, recordings that exists. And yeah, this was, is the best mix of it.
0: It was Olympic Studio. It was the first time the Beatles ever ever recorded um, outside of EMI Studios in in the UK. Yeah,
1: and again, I think it's a kind of, for them, maybe a bit of a throwaway song. I don't think they were working super hard on it because it's a very sparse arrangement. But it's just the Beatles getting a bit funky here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and it's a lot of fun. There is that instrument, a a vibraphone, I think, that they use here as well that they didn't use very much, which is like like a xylophone. Yeah, you mentioned
1: that last time. I still think I haven't heard the vibraphone on this track.
0: And I'm on Wikipedia here, but it says additional musicians, Mick Jagger doing backing vocals.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, so I didn't know know that either. Wow. Paul's bass on this is a masterclass. It's just just fantastic bass. In both songs, in Uh, Hey
0: Bulldog as well, I think.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was on fire. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think he, his bass line started changing considerably, I think from Revolver onwards. Or even Rubber Soul. You could say they were getting much more melodic.
1: I saw a video on, about uh, this on YouTube the other day. Somebody who, was good, who learned all the McCartney bass lines from the beginning mm-hmm. till the end of the Beatles. And he said, you know, the first 66 of them are, are kind of, yeah, they're fine, you know, they're all right. And then suddenly, roundabout, Rubber Soul, Revolver, you know, just start taking off in terms of complexity and uh, ambition,
0: yeah. Yeah, I agree with that, except for, perhaps for I Saw Her Standing there, which I think has a very kind of funky bass line. Mm. Um, but other than that, they they are kind of easy-ish and, and, and not very imaginative. But after after Robert Soul, um, I think it changed very much. He started taking um, or thinking more of the bass as, as if it was a guitar, I guess. yeah.
1: yeah. And I hope, uh, since we're waiting for the new mix of Revolver next week, I hope that uh, uh, and imagine that the bass is going to be picked out there because the problem with the old Beatles albums is you can't really hear the bass. Well, you, you, know, you can, but you've got to really listen. Uh, after 67, the bass starts, you know, it has its place and you can hear it. And then in, finally in Abbey Road, you can hear the bloody bass.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's what a lot of people complain about as well with the Giles Martin mixes is that um that they're very bass heavy. But I kinda like it.
1: Well yeah, yeah, because exactly, you wanna you wanna hear
0: that. Yeah. Now, since we're talking about bass, we can talk about Think For Yourself, which has a very interesting oh. bass line. Yeah.
1: That's what, and that's another one of the, the uh triumphs of this album. Um yeah. Really lovely Lovely recording, vocals are really clear. Uh, again, the the characteristic harmonies. I mean, it's it's a great song anyway, and the, uh, and the the rubber soul mix is great. But this is uh, this is lovely.
0: I would dare say that the rubber soul mix is not great after having heard this one. Right? Yeah. I mean, this it transforms it, doesn't it?
1: And I can't remember where the fuzz guitar is in the original one, but here they've panned it right over to the right-hand side and it just really works.
0: It sits there um, so that you you know, you know concentrate
1: more on the vocals. Mm,
0: yeah, and yeah, it's, it just sounds great. It's just a pleasure to listen to. It's a song that I used to skip on Rubber Soul as well um, because I didn't really like the way it sounded, especially on headphones. And uh, and it's one that I really enjoy on, on the song track.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's great. Do you want to play a bit of that? Play a bit of think for yourself. Yes, just one second.
0: The Steve Hoffman forum the same guy says that this versions problem is that the vocals are too loud
1: uh, yeah I see I just uh, I don't agree um, I think uh, because I think rubber soul was probably the best they ever got it writing harmonies I mm-hmm. mean you know and they and they were you know doing other things after that but, but think for yourself and also on this album nowhere man um, this is—it's almost as if George Martin was involved, but I know he wasn't. Just the harmonies that they have come up with for these tracks—they they've stacked them up, three or four part harmonies—they're just brilliant. And and I think they deserve that attention. Somebody once well wrote, and I can't remember the source of this, that the Beatles were a, you know, a pretty good um, instrumental band, but they were a first-rate vocal band. Yeah, definitely. Um, Uh, So it's really worth bringing these things forward in the mixes. Because, you know, you can go back and listen to the old mixes. They're there. And, you know, you can always go back and check them out. But it's lovely to have the vocals fronted.
0: Yeah, you don't really get a lot of bands doing that kind of harmonizing um, as the Beatles did. I think one great example, if you want to kind of hear that, is If I Fell. And you hear the I think you hear Paul's voice, which is the high harmony going, if I give my heart to you. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you listen to John's and it's um, if I give my heart to you. So it's kind of a different melody. But then together, it makes sense. Yeah, Bill's to got happen. his
1: hand up, so I'm going to invite him uh, to say something. It's really nice to have a guest. Yeah. Do you want to say something uh, before Bill comes on? Do you want to say something about uh, Nowhere Man as well? Because that's for me. That's the highlight of the album. The of the album, possibly. The, I think
0: it's amazing. It sounds great. I, I really like it. I like the guitar as well. I think it sounds better. The solo. It can sound kind of tinny, I guess, in the original mix, and I feel like it sounds a bit, sounds a bit better here uh, to me. And, um, and as you said, I think that because the harmonies are so beautiful, I think it's it's great that they highlight it, you know, in this mix.
1: Yeah. 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 It's just, um, I think it's kind of the peak of that mid-period, John songs in the mid-period are just, uh, you know, fantastic. Um, you know, it's quite a personal song. He was struggling to write something meaningful and then this just kind of tumbled out and the harmonies are just you know incomparable and then also the guitar solo
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i was reading about that do you know how they did that
0: no but they just got these fender guitars right for the first time yeah so they both played they yeah yeah they
1: they doubled up on these new fender guitars uh with two amps two small amps and a mic in the middle and they really upped the treble because to start with i thought is that a like a twelve-string semi-acoustic or something. What is that? But it's the two. It's John and George playing together uh, with the treble up, and that gives him this. And chime the bridge pickup. Sound.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that those guitars sound great. I think he, he was. They were definitely using the bridge pickups as well. It's got that very strat sound. Um, yeah. So it's, it, it sounds really good. I really like it. Um, yeah. And they played it live really well. It, it sounds like a very difficult song to sing live. And there is that video of them singing it in Germany, uh, very shortly after they recorded it, and I think that's a, that's a great live performance. Well, I've never seen that. Yeah, it sounds really good. Let me see if I can get it um, online. He's a
1: real <laughs>
0: So they could do the harmonies.
1: Oh, oh that's, that's amazing so. to hear them doing that. Yeah, uh, yeah Still uh, in 65 still or 66, still working on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that one sounded good. Paperback Writer didn't sound as good. Um, I mm-hmm. he- heard a version of it from their Tokyo concert. And, and you well, that see kind them. of
1: belies the thing that you know they couldn't hear themselves and stuff because obviously are that you know they can and they put some effort into it, you know, because the the '66 tour, there's the whole thing that they couldn't hear themselves and they, so they were getting cheesed yeah. off with it.
0: Yeah, but at least this version is, is is really good and considering they couldn't hear themselves, I mean the, the performance is amazing.
2: Yeah, it's
1: yeah. lovely.
2: Hey,
0: Bill. Yeah,
2: welcome. Hi, hi. Um. I was gonna say about harmonies, um, when you play Think For Yourself there, uh, you, I think they were too high in the mix there, but you could really hear them. And it reminds yeah. me, I haven't heard the new mixes, but I, when I used to listen to Revolver on headphones, you could really hear those uh, the harmonies, the backup harmonies uh, on one track, very clearly um, set out. Yeah, so, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, And yeah. No One Man has great. and. Um, I've sung that uh, in an a cappella band and you realize god these, when you when you're trying to recreate those harmonies then you realize wow these are really good and it sounds wonderful.
1: Yeah, I can imagine you really have to work hard on them, right?
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, cuz that,
1: I mean, yeah, that, that me... wall of sound that they've got yeah and harmonies are difficult, you know I, I find them difficult. you've got to work you've got to work away at them. For me, they're not automatic. I can sing, sing the lead line, but the harmonies are tough.
0: Yeah, they, they were famous for, for their vocal performances, though I've got a, a version of please, please me an American version called Introducing the Beatles," which was released originally by uh, another record company called VJ Records, and it says number one vocal group in England. <laughs> so yeah, they, they worked hard with their harmonies.
1: Let's do, um Let's do a couple of um, more tracks, and then we can go on to the the maca part.: Yeah.: Yeah. So one of the things, um, I just wanted to I just want to talk about um, Sergeant Pepper for a minute. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got several mixes of this now. Um, but, and of course I'm most familiar with the original mix. Now in this mix
0: here... Which, do you mean that one on CD or the one on um, the... Sorry.
1: Yeah, I had the 87 CD, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, that's, I guess, the one I'm most familiar with and mm-hmm. I had it on cassette and all that. But I think the, what's great here in this pre-saged love the Love Album and all the, the things that came after with Charles Martin. The vocals are central for the first time. They're brilliant. And those guitar stabs, you know, the rhythm guitar in Sergeant Pepper, which was always really kind of tinny, they've added a bit more bass frequency there. So mm-hmm. you can really hear those guitar stabs. Um, and, and they maintained that in the 217 mix with Gerald Martin. So, uh, and, and then the band vocals, when you hear Sgt Pepper's band, they're spread right across the stereo spectrum again. So you really get that effect of a band. So this, I think, I wonder if this was one of the tracks that made people think, you know, we can we can almost improve on those original mixes, because this is a better mix of Sgt Pepper for sure.
0: It is, I think and it's my favorite. possibly the best mix. I was going to say, it's my favorite mix of Sgt. Pepper. I prefer it to the Giles Martin version as well.
1: Yeah, it's 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 just perfect. I mean, the Giles Martin version is good, but it has all the bass and everything, and it has a lot of stuff going backwards and forwards and some of those, you know, this is just the first. Um, I think they radically transformed it. Can you play a bit of it? I don't know if your sound comes in stereo or mono. I think I'm recording no? in
0: stereo today, so it should be, okay. should be good. For the first time actually, we're recording this in stereo. All of our previous episodes have been in mono.
2: was 20 years ago Bill was 18 years old when Sergeant Pepper came out and remembers the release. Exactly. I remember I've told you this story that um, I remember the day it came out, and with my pal Tom, who died last year, we sat in the front room of his parents' house and we just played it. and we, Wow, we've got the words on the sleeve, man. It was just, just wonderful. Yeah. I just, wow, we, we take of... that for
0: granted so much now. Yeah. yeah.
2: Exactly. Yeah. 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 Why was it the. Just my take on, um, on you were saying, Neil, the first. The Beatles song you heard was uh, Yellow Submarine. Uh, I remember distinctly in my bedroom in Newcastle hearing um, Love Me Do on Radio Luxembourg. And I thought, hey, these are some black guys, you know? And then Mm. I I never dreamt that they were an English band. Yeah, They just sounded, the first time, completely new. And then I saw a picture of them and I thought, oh wow, they look at them all, they look like students. And that was my first meeting with the Beatles, you know, and I went Yeah, that's really
1: interesting because I think now they're, uh, you know, very much associated with white music and, you know, the birth of rock music and all that. But at the time, uh, most of the people they admired uh, um, were black musicians from America, you know, I mean, apart from Elvis and stuff, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they were and they were listening to to Little yeah, Richard. Motown and, and, yeah. and the original, yeah, yeah, of course, the original Rock and Rollers. Mm-hmm. So mm. they were tremendously influenced by black music. But I don't think people think of the Beatles as mm. in that category now, but of course. Exactly.
2: They really- and you, I guess you also compare it with what was happening with pop music at that time, that people didn't, didn't have that black sound in their voices. So that was the contrast, I think. And they just stood out as being soulful.
1: Mm, yeah, and Paul McCartney's always wanted that in his voice. Mm. Like he's exactly. always come back with, uh, you know, she's a woman. Yeah, it's his little Richard uh, voice, isn't it? Yeah. He's got that. Yeah, exactly. And and I've got a feeling and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Bernardo, do you want to do one more from Yellow Submarine? Let's do Eleanor Rigby, shall we? Okay. okay. And I only chose this one because they say that there is a 20 millisecond out of sync. Or oh, the, the the vocals are out of sync by twenty milliseconds. I could
1: never listen to it again, Bernardo, because I read that too, and then I had noticed it, but then now, like, I can't not hear it. <laughs> me <laughs> too. It, it's only twenty milliseconds, but you can. It, it makes a difference. How did they do that?
0: I know that is such a big mistake. And actually, this led me to investigating because the album, this album, was re-released in two thousand and twelve. Um, after they did the the whole remastering and re release on Blu ray of the film, yeah. and I thought they'd fix it, and they didn't. They just used exactly the same mix, um, and and they didn't fix this error. Oh, they obviously didn't know. I mean, that's crazy not to fix that. I know they didn't know. So, someone said in this forum that this song was double tracked, and they picked the wrong track, and that's why it was out of sync.
1: Ah, okay. Ooh, yeah. So like that's um, that's uh, unlistenable for me now.
0: Um, and it's such I a shame also, because you know, it sounds so good as well.
1: original... go
0: on no that is such a shame because it sounds so good
1: yeah there is one thing I mi- I miss from the original mix though uh, you know how on the original Eleanor Rigby um, the verse is is in you know there's one vocal and then they artificially double track it for the chorus so it kind of spreads you know they've got that fake stereo imaging for the chorus Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that and there's a little mistake where they leave one syllable um, on that I can't remember if that's left on uh, anyway they they just get one syllable wrong in the stereo mono uh, plan that they've got and I just kind of miss that quirk
0: Yeah, you (laughs) Um, get used to those things and you expect them Yeah, yeah
1: yeah It's like the the dropout in um, is is it in Paperback Writer the dropout mm. or Day Tripper? You know you just miss those things.
0: <laughs> or oh, the fucking L in Hey Jude.
1: Oh well, yeah, they better not take that out.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but
1: do you, do you want to play a little bit, Eleanor Rigby?
2: Yes, just
0: if, one one if, second.
1: Bill, see if you can notice that they they got it wrong.
0: <laughs> Here goes. Oh.
1: Helena Rigby picks up the rice in the church where a wedding has been. Lives in a dream, <sighs> waits at the window, wearing the face that she keeps can't in the by it. the
0: door. You can't, you, you can't hear it? I can't you? not
1: hear it now, it now that, that I know. know.
0: Can you hear it, Bill? Can, no,
2: no, 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 no.
1: It's only 20 milliseconds, though.
2: So. You're, you're lucky <laughs> yeah, you can't hear it yeah yeah yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I forget i heard that story yeah mccartney's singing is so good on this it oh that yes. really well
1: oh it's yeah it's it's wonderful it, and it's one of his best lyrics uh, uh, even mm. if not his his best lyric from the beatles period i mean it's really him at the top of his game
2: he's got his little little richard voice but this is his he's always got a folk voice here he's he sings in english as opposed to american And uh, it comes over really well, especially on that track you just played there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And
1: he doesn't overstate it. It's just uh, he just delivers the vocal. It's kind of no frills. Um, He said in a matter of fact way. It doesn't, you know, it's not like sentimental or anything. It's just, it's just the story. Really good. It's really him as a true artist. There, I think.
0: Yeah, similar voice to uh, the one he uses for for no one. Yes, Um, very good. This is where his voice. This is the peak
1: era for his voice, isn't it? Sixty six to sixty eight. I mean, and perhaps sixty nine as well. But this is where his voice was just cracking, you know.
0: I don't know. I I like Paul's voice in seventy six when he did that um, tour, um, Wings Over America. Okay, yeah, that's the kind of Rod Stewart
1: version, you know. (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) but but I like his voice. It was very fashionable at the time, you know. That's one reason I can't get into it, is I feel like he's mimicking somebody else. And it's like, come on, man, you're Paul McCartney. You can just sing in any voice you want. Yeah. Right. Since since we're on to Paul, um, we thought that one thing that we could do, because we did miss his 80th birthday, um, is just pick uh, three favorite uh, post-Beatle-McCartney songs, which is obviously really, really hard to do, Um, but uh, just for a kind of happy birthday thing. And, um, you know, it took took quite a lot of thought. Did you you come up with three, Bernardo?
0: Kind of, because I didn't want to pick three kind of um, very predictable songs. Like I didn't want to go, maybe I'm amazed, you know? Yeah, Um, same here. So I wanted to so I've go come for,
1: up I've come up with deep cuts as
0: well th- that's what I was gonna say I want to think of deep cuts instead um so yeah so w- let's have a go
1: okay so I mean obviously maybe I'm amazed is the one to beat and that I mean probably if you had to take one McCartney song to a desert island it would be maybe I'm amazed right but here's the three I've picked and I'll give you the reasons so um deep cuts all I think so uh, first one um, I was I was caught between one of these days from McCartney 2 and single Mm -hmm. pigeon from Red Rose Speedway I think I'm gonna go with single pigeon just because I think it's it's, I know it's just a very short song but the melody is heart achingly good And I first played that just before I went to university. And I have a memory of kind of walking around um, Aberdeen and getting ready for this big change in my life and just hearing that song because I just got ready
0: for Speedway.
1: And that's a fantastic song.
0: I'll play a bit of it. Is that okay?
1: Yeah. It's, it's
0: beautiful. Yeah, it's wow. a song.
1: And then uh, my number two choice, uh, and this is in no particular order by the way, um, is Don't Let It Bring You Down from London Town. Oh,
2: something's in.
1: I love the the kind of flutes at the beginning, the folky beginning. I love all those acoustic guitars, like strumming away, almost like they sound flanged later in the song. It's a nice kind of uplifting song. And again, it's just sort of thrown away on the album, but it's wonderful. And number three? And number three is one which... I might record at some point because you sent me a recording of it, <laughs> Bernardo. Um, one, uh, number three is Kiss of Venus. The Kiss of Venus has got me
2: on the go. She's got a in. The
1: From McCartney 3. Now, I just think McCartney 3 is. That's my favorite album that he's done in this century, hands down. There's not even any competition. It's it's not a flawless album, but it's a wonderful album. And Kiss of Venus, I don't know, so many melodic ideas in there. I know his voice is a bit ragged, but this is like, this is classic Paul McCartney. He's he's still back. He's still firing on all cylinders, right? At almost 80 years old when he recorded that it's just a wonderful song. It's first class,
0: Paul. Uh, yeah, it's, r- it's really good
1: album. Yeah, it's, so it's
0: a thrill that that exists, you know McCartney Three. It is, yes. There are so many good songs in that album, and I like the instrumental, the first one as well. Um, yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's excellent. And I like the I like the last
1: one. I know that that's a, is it long-tailed winter bird? I know he recorded that back in the nineties, but that's a lovely song as well. There's
0: just so much to like on that album. So when winter much. comes, is that the one? The one he recorded yeah. during the Flaming Pie sessions. Yeah.
1: That's it. Yeah, exactly. And that's beautiful as well. I mean, I don't. It's not. It's not like I like the whole album. I mean, what's the one about the male models and whatever? I don't care so much about that. But you know, women and wives. That's great as well. There are just so many good ones.
0: And I'd, I like deep, deep feeling as well. The sound of the drums in in deep, yes. deep feeling is great.
1: Yeah. Just how could he come out with that? At that latter period In that latter period Of his life It's just a thrill That it exists And Kiss of Venus Is a beauty Yeah
0: Um, If you get The Japanese version Of the CD um, There is a demo Of Kiss of Venus (laughs) Okay
2: So here we go Packed with illusions Our world is turned around This golden circle all
1: oh, right, okay, yeah. and there are all those different versions you can buy as well <laughs> of the CDs with all this. I mean, they did a marketing campaign with that, didn't they? Yeah,
0: they did, yeah. and I've seen some people online who have like five or six or seven copies of the same album just because it's got just because the cover is blue and the other one isn't. Wow, um, so. Wow. So
1: let's go to Bill, and we'll ask him for uh, some post-Beatle Macca choices, and then you can you can be the top of the bill, right? Bernardo? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Bill, what about um
2: um uh, post-Beatle Macca yeah.
1: songs that you yeah, love?
2: Yeah. 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 Um, you talked about Flaming Pie. Flaming Pie to me is as good as a Beatles album and I know he he says he did it on the back of anthology and um to try and evoke that kind of um maybe the white album the, the different sounds the rock sounds and then the acoustic sort of ballad sounds and I've got two songs from there Little Willow I think is a lovely song Then Little Willow When
1: gonna blow you hard and
2: cold. yes and i just yeah, love that the middle eight the, the harmony uh my granddaughter is now called willow after that song so uh that's a oh. kind of connection there mm-hmm. uh, that's lovely. and it was written for um, the death of maureen starkey of course which yes. was uh very sad so that was ringo's wife dying of cancer and he he just wrote that and um there's a great have you seen there's a video that goes with Flaming pipe filmed around the hastings area and um the other song i've i've, I've put down here well i've got um the songs we were singing is also you know as beetle freaks you know that yes we'll always go back to the songs we were singing i mean that's him from the heart talking about the whole history of it he's got a great chorus yeah and it, it's it's him singing it you know smoke a pipe and discuss all the vast intricacies of life and yeah uh, and that's a lovely song too i agree mm-hmm. the 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 world tonight was a great track on that album as well and that was filmed in hastings so here you know it's to show I, i've got the We've video boombox yeah. and it's all yeah, in the call box, exactly. Here he is. And I said, there's Paul McCartney in the middle of. That's That's my town there, you know. I saw you sitting at the center of a circle. Everybody. So that's everybody kind of cool. He just lives outside Hastings anyway. And uh, it was recorded. Right. You know, I. I've often cycled past his recording studio in, in, the, in the windmill there. Never yeah. yet, I've, lots of people say, oh, McCartney, I see him jogging around here all the time. I've never bumped into him, but one day, one day. Um, Wildlife is not a very well-known album, and um, there's a great track on that called Some People Never Know. Oh, that's it's a beautiful got, song. Is it Some people, it's got a lovely little guitar riff there, and it's just a, a straight, and his delivery is very, very, normal, very straight as well. Lovely little song. So there's my top three. Little Willow, Some People Never Know, and the songs we were singing.
0: Yeah, great great Brilliant. choices. It's, it's very difficult Thanks. for me now. <laughs> Go on. Um, I chose a Baby's Request.
2: When the moon lays his head on a pillow And the stars settle down for a rest just do me one small favor. I beg you, please play me my
0: baby's request. From um, Back to the Egg, as one of the songs. And the reason why I chose it is because when I was learning how to play guitar, um, there was a guy who knew how to play that song really well. And I thought I wanted to play it just as well as he could. Um, and, and I think it's just a wonderful melody. I was so impressed at the time. Um, and interestingly, that song was originally written for a different band. It wasn't written for Wings. Um, yeah, which band? I can't remember the, the name of the band. Let me see if I can it find it. It is a
1: fantastic uh, song in the tradition of you know, Honey Pie and, and those, um, um, what would you call them, you know, pastiche kind of songs. And it's really, it's really as good as Honey Pie or any, any of those that Paul wrote. For
0: the Mills Brothers? Ah, uh, okay. And then uh-huh. when Paul went to give them the song, they said, yes, well, it will cost you this for us to record the song. <laughs> Mistake. Um, yeah, so at the end he recorded it himself. Yeah, that's a, was that a single?
1: of? Um, I don't think it thing? was
0: a single. Okay. But w- w- the, the version on Back to the Egg is a demo. It wasn't supposed to be the final version of the song. So, oh, no, um, it's perfect.
1: But it's, it's perfect. It's
0: really nice, yes. So that's one. The second one I chose was With a Little Luck. Yes, I can um, see why. Yes, it's, it's, it's just for me very impressive to see that you can make such a wonderful pop song only with synthesizers. Um, and I love the bass line and I really like Paul's voice towards the end of the song. And oh, it gets yeah. kind of rocky. I,
1: it's a great vocal performance. If you listen to the first line of that song and then the first line when it comes back after the break, I want you to tell me if there's a bad word in there right i'll 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 take it <laughs> <laughs> i just i've never been able to kind of unhear it like a little sort of naughty paul McCartney post punk thing. I just think it's buried there.
0: you just have a listen well i'll I'll listen to it later um yeah. i i like the 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 album version, not the single version because they kind of they re-released it i think on wingspan and they shortened yeah. it. Um, and I like okay. and I, I like the break in the middle, so I like the version that oh, released comes yeah. on, on back to the edge. It's
1: really nice, and the keyboard sound. I don't know which keyboard that is, but that's a lovely, uh, beautiful keyboard sound. I mean, it's probably the one that um, is it a Werlechner? It's the one that maybe that the Pink Floyd were using on Sheep. I don't know what what's it. What it's a it's an early kind of synthesizer anyway. It's lovely.
0: Yeah, yeah um, it's great. It's got the worst music video ever. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's kind of Paul playing and then a bunch of people dancing. Um, (laughs) No,
2: I haven't
1: seen that one, but I've seen the London Town one, which is,
0: I think, on Top of the Pops
1: or whatever. Uh, It's on the McCartney video collection. That's that's not a
0: good video. (laughs) No, and that one actually was directed by Michael Lindsay Hogg, um, the guy who directed Let It It Be, and and I think the video for Hey Jude and stuff.
1: We have Um, to do an episode on London Town sometime because that's a great album.
0: Yeah, and my last pick is my brave face. My brave, my brave, my brave face.
1: I've been living a style on the custom as
2: I am
0: from flowers the in the ah um, and I chose that song because it just reminds me of coming to Spain with my parents when I was a kid. I remember Picking Flowers in the Dirt um, from a supermarket, actually. Um, yeah. And and I just really liked the lyric. Um, was was that your first Paul McCartney album? It was one of my first Paul McCartney albums, yeah. So um, I still have it, actually.
1: And with my brave face, i got to ask you this. Have you heard the wonderful... Um Paul McCartney and Elvis Costello demo of that. Yeah, I've
0: heard it and it's great. It's, mm. it's, it's yeah. even better I think than the original. It's version. even
1: better, isn't it? It sounds like the Beatles. It's, it's kind of raw.
0: Yeah, and I really, I really like their collaboration. I really like Mistress and Maid, which isn't the favourite one um, of mm. many people. Um, but I think it's really nice. It's, it's a great lyric um, and it's, it's not very often that you hear waltzes um, in pop music. I don't even know that one, so I'm going to have to go
1: and because I don't have uh, flowers in the dark. That, one is, um, that, that one, one is on Off the Ground. Oh, okay. Ah, um, you are. But, but yeah, and My Brave Face. Another one there. I don't have.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I got the vinyl okay. actually not long ago Off, um, off the Ground. It's, it was really huh? difficult to find as someone was selling it here in Spain for that's, 20 years. That's one, 20 of euros.
1: The, one of the Macca albums I've never heard Off the Ground and uh, <laughs> um, Driving Rain as well. I don't mm-hmm. know. All right. Let's, let's call it a day. Mm-hmm. That was really It was really nice to talk about uh, Yellow Submarine and uh, those Paul McCartney tracks. And we'll meet again. Um, don't know where or when, but we'll meet here at some point. And, and we'll, uh, we'll let everybody know uh, which album we're going to talk about next. So we always choose, Bill, we always choose either a Beatles album or a solo Beatles album, just um, whatever, you know, we fancy, you
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, Bill, and thank you for Thanks coming. Thanks for
1: joining us. It was lovely to, to have you there, Bill, as a mm-hmm.
2: guest yeah. and a contributor, because uh, that's a first for us. Yeah, I'm not as uh, insightful as you guys about all the intricacies of recording, but I know what I like.
1: <laughs> <There you go. laughs> well we do a little bit of rec- I don't know a lot, a lot either we do a little mm. bit of background reading sort of for each episode mm. so yeah like I don't have that stuff at my fingertips either
0: Yeah, mm. I recently got this the- book the, Be- the Beatles Recording Sessions by Mark Lewis yes. and it's, it's, it's just amazing
1: re- it's
0: just been reissued right yeah I think a year ago or something It was reissued, yeah because
1: that was impossible to get
0: for a long time mm-hmm. I highly recommend it only 20 quid so
1: kind of worth the money mm-hmm. and we'll and next time we meet we'll be able to have a little chat about the new revolver and see what we think of that
2: mm. Mm. and that that i hadn't heard that john Lennon version of yellow submarine until today and i've just found it on uh, online as well yeah it's lovely it's very plaintive and yeah like it's he famous. always says, you know i had a lot of hurt in me you know when he wrote help it wasn't it wasn't a, a jaunty pop song it was help me i'm feeling down you know and you and can that hear it that comes over there something. the pain for old john it was lovely to okay that's uh, that's nice to be a little guest on your uh, program so take it was, care it was our okay.
1: pleasure that was fantastic and we'll we'll let you know when the podcast is cool. um live great okay see you soon bye bye everybody bye have a great weekend